Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Alexandra Zatarain is the co-founder and head of brand of 8 Sleep, the world's first sleep fitness company. 8 Sleep has raised over $65 million in venture funding and has helped over 30,000 people get sleep fit with its hardware and digital products. In 2017, Alexandra was named by Forbes to the 30 under 30 list in consumer technology and was also recognized by New York Business Journal as a woman of influence. In 2019, she was a finalist for Booking.com Technology Playmaker of the Year Award. Alexandra is also an angel investor in female-founded companies as a scout for Clio Capital. She was raised in Tijuana and now lives in New York City. I'm so excited to have you on today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here too. Uh, Let's just start. I know it's kind of a crazy time. Um, How are you? What's happening in your world? (laughs) Tell me what's happening. I'm good. I'm healthy, which I think is everything that we can all hope for right now. It's definitely been really hectic in the last six, seven months. I'm sure anyone that has, I think everyone in the world or anyone that has a business has particularly had um, a wild ride uh, that you could probably never expect when you embark on, on the journey as an entrepreneur, but good and healthy. So very excited to be here and be able to share the good and the bad of even what the last six years have been like and what the last six months have been like too. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited and curious to talk to you. I've been listening to your some other interviews and reading more about you this morning. Um, I am not a good sleeper at all. So for my own selfish reasons, I'm excited to hear more about this technology. Um, and I just really appreciate your confidence and passion for what it is that you're talking about. I was even just listening to this like tech interview and you were just so confident and so smart about this whole sleep fit idea. So uh, before I ask about that, I want to talk about your why. Um, And I always ask, so no pun intended, what gets you out of bed in the morning and (laughs) why you do what you do? Yeah. So why I do what I do is I think I'm very fortunate to be building a company that has such an impact in people's daily lives. So at the end of the day, uh, we are a mission-driven company because we are focused on helping people sleep better. And that's what we define as uh, helping people achieve sleep fitness. And that's how we measure our success. So it goes beyond selling products, right? Or, or making revenue. That's that's just the result of our ability to help people get better night's sleep. Um, and that's honestly what I think about every morning. Like I'm, I'm in bed, like I sleep in my pod. And every morning when I wake up, I think, how was my experience? How did I sleep last night? How are other people sleeping on our products every single day? Mm. Um, But originally when I got started and when I joined my co-founders in the company, it wasn't as clear to me, which is uh, something that I always love to share, right? Sometimes the why is not immediately there in front of you and and really screaming at you and with such clarity. I think it takes some time to polish. Um, Initially, when I joined my my co-founders, it was because they had come up with this idea of using technology to help people sleep better because Mateo, who's our CEO, and he's um, one of my co-founders and also my husband, he has his whole sleep struggles. And he had been struggling with sleep for a while. And so he came up with this whole insight about the fact that we were using technology to improve so many other aspects of our lives. So we were not doing it for sleep yet. And there was actually immense opportunity to do it. Um, And so when I joined them, I was um, enamored by that idea, right? It was just an idea. It was like, wow, this actually makes a lot of sense and it has a lot of potential, but I was a really good sleeper. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't necessarily looking to solve that problem for myself. 
Um, and then it just kind of happened. I started getting more in the trenches of sleep and the science and what we could do and talking to our customers. I went through my own personal experience with my father getting sick and seeing the potential of what sensors could do in the bed and the information could give to us. Uh, it just kind of, you know, became so much clearer to me that what we're actually doing is not building a company or building technology is we are impacting people's health every single day. Yeah. And changing, I mean, changing the quality of life. I think, I feel like sleep is one of those topics that's like quite vulnerable um, for people yeah. and um, to actually be able to enhance somebody's sleep. You know, there's so many of those apps out there that you put next to your bed. And I'm just not one of those people that's going to like do that before I fall asleep. And, and so I think that what you've created is just very cool. I want to talk more about the temperature and things like that, that actually affect um, people's sleep. But you guys talk about being sleep fit a lot. You just mentioned that. Uh, what does it mean to be sleep fit? Because I'm yeah, sure so, I'm not. I'm sure I'm not sleep fit. <laughs> yeah. so Tell me the more. The interesting thing about sleep fitness is that is a concept that um, wasn't really used before. We uh, I've never heard kind it. Kind of came up with it, yeah. And the reason is when we started working in this entire sleep space and we started looking at the vocabulary and like how companies were talking about their products and how uh, us as individuals were talking about our own sleep, we noticed this sort of pattern where for the most part, when sleep was being spoken about in, in the media or by individuals, it was in the context of illness, sleep deprivation, insomnia, sleep apnea. It was just like so negative. And we're like, no, we're not trying to solve necessarily those illnesses yet. Maybe it's a place where we will get one day, but we are just trying to make people healthier in their sleep. So what was missing was the language. And we also believe at the company that sleep is much more actionable than most people think. So just like you're saying that like people, you know, sleep is very personal. Sleep is a personal journey. It is totally. just like a physical fitness journey. It's just like a nutritional journey. Um, they, the language was just missing. And we feel like the concept of sleep fitness is really wrapping it all together. And what that means is you can measure it you can take action on it. Uh, you can have up and downs. You're not always going to be sleep fit, right? But you can go on a journey to try to achieve it. And then if something happens in life, it's fine. If you fall off the wagon, you can always come back. Um, that was really important for us. You're not determined to be a certain type of sleeper for your entire life. You can work on it and it's going to take work as well. It's not a magic pill. That's not what we're selling here. Yeah, I really appreciate what you said about the language because I'm in marketing and it's hard to not look at things with that hat. And oftentimes I find that people are so focused on the pain points, um, like you just said, and it puts a negative spin on everything. And one of the things I always tell people is focus on the benefits, focus on the benefits. Um, and every pain point has a positive. So, you know, I always give the example like, um, uh, you know, struggling with acne versus like enjoy clear skin. Like it, mm -hmm. it has like a whole different psychological thing. And I really appreciate that about sleep fit is like, it feels good. Like, Oh, I want to achieve that versus admitting yeah. to like struggling with insomnia or depression or like all of these like pain points. Um, and I think that that's like a very genius thing is like coming up with this own sort of positive way of talking about it. And it's one of the things that I wrote down from one of your previous interviews, I wrote down in bold letters, bringing awareness to sleep in a positive way. Um, yep. because my relationship with sleep is not like, I don't talk about it in a positive way. Um, and I would do anything to improve, you know, that quality of life. And, and I have headspace and I have these things that help me fall asleep, but it's the waking up. And I mm. think that, um, the sleep temperature. So that's the other thing I wanted to ask you about is like, it sort of sounds good, too good to be true. So I, even though we are focusing on the positives and bringing this positive awareness to sleep, how do you solve sort of these pain points of waking up in the night or having trouble falling asleep? And like, I know temperatures involved, like tell me sort of the key, the key benefits of yeah, of course. So when and actually, sorry, I don't even think we really talked about what a sleep is. <laughs> Let's start with that. Yeah. Can you just like <laughs> give me the lowdown and then, yeah. 
Yeah, of course. So yeah, it's eight sleep. Um, like like I mentioned before, right? So we we started out of these personal problems from Matteo, who's my co-founder, and his own journey to try to understand what was wrong with his sleep and how he could improve it. Um, and so what we are is we're a health and wellness company focused on sleep fitness. We believe that technology can really unlock all of the potential in our sleep. And so what we do very specifically in this like sleep fitness category is use technology to help people sleep better. We innovate both on the physical the hardware products and the digital and through data uh, to help you one, uh, understand how you're sleeping. So in a very seamless way, every single day through our products, you can track how you sleep with without having to wear anything of these wearables to bed. Um, and then we use that data to create the optimal environment for sleep. So those so are it's the two a, you So it's a full mattress. Exactly. So then our signature product is a full mattress. So it's called the pod. That is our best-selling product. And the so pod cool. kind of embodies these two parts of sleep improvement, which is we want you to know how you're sleeping because just like a physical fitness journey or a nutritional uh, journey, it'll start from where you are and you need to know, you need to, uh, you can only improve what you measure. We, we say that a lot. Um, so we provide that to you. But then the, the mattress surface being that it's so big and being that it's so important, the bed we sleep on actually provides us the opportunity to do so many other things for you while you're sleeping to make sure that you fall asleep faster, you stay asleep and that you wake up more refreshed. That's amazing. So I know temperature is a part of that. Um, what else? Like how, like how do you actually keep people asleep with the technology? Yeah, so what is really interesting about sleep and why the concept of sleep fitness is so important is that um, we've identified there's, there's two sides of, uh, to, to achieving sleep fitness. The first is the environment. So that is where temperature falls into that. So what, what's the environment you're creating for your sleep? And even it kind of starts also from like the pre-bedtime hours as well. Uh, you know, what are you doing? How are the lights in your room, in your living room? Um, what's your diet like? Uh, what's your What are your pajamas? What are your pillows? What's the comfort of your bed? What is the noise? What is the oxygen level? What's the humidity? There's so many factors, Um, but temperature is actually the number one. It's the most important thing. It's the most impactful thing for our sleep. And the reason is there's a bunch of stuff that happens in our bodies related to temperature, uh, regardless of where we are in the world, regardless of where we're sleeping, um, that are um, telling our bodies when it's time to uh, fall asleep. So temperature plays a very determining role into when our brains know that it's okay to start winding down and when it's okay to start gearing up for the day. So that's already happening with our bodies. It's kind of evolutionary. And what we um, know now through science, and there's been this has been out there for many years, which is why you hear about the 68 degree bedroom. And there's like a lot of conversation about that. We know that it's important that we set the right temperature in the place where we're sleeping because most of the times in these modern environments, everything that we have in our homes is actually making things worse. So you have air conditioners, you have heating, but the most impactful one is actually the foam mattress. So a dumb foam mattress, like most of us probably have at home, um, is heating up, is overheating. It's absorbing Mm -hmm. the heat that your body's dissipating through the night. And it's getting in the way of the natural fluctuation of temperature that needs to happen so that your sleep is actually healthy, so that you fall asleep faster, you stay asleep, and you can wake up properly. This sort of overheating doesn't follow the curve that temperature needs to follow for you to have that healthy sleep pattern. And that's so we've kind of so, solved that now. That's so cool and so interesting. And I, so I just like had a little aha moment. I used to live on a boat um, and my mattress, um, I had to put like crates. I almost had to like put like a little raised, I, I can't think mm-hmm. of the word, under the bed because on a boat, it doesn't have slats. You know, it's like going on a surface yep. and it's because uh, the mattress absorbs all this heat while you're yeah. sleeping and it could actually create like mold underneath the mattress if there's nowhere for the heat to escape. So I just, anyway, I don't know why I decided to share yeah, that. Yeah, so warm. It's yeah. so warm. And so I learned a lot about that when I was living on the boat and then I got this foam mattress topper thinking it would help and it made it so much hotter. So anyway, I just think this is so cool. Um, And I could ask you all about the little, you know, techie benefits for a while. But one of the things being that this is a tech sleep tech, um, when, when I think of sleep anyway, I think of like the mattress, like the sign spinners on the corner, like for the mattress, (laughs) you know, for the mattress uh, companies and like just these old school mattress uh, ads on TV, um, which is so interesting because sleep is something we all do. Like it's not this luxury thing. It's like every single person, 
has a sleep story or sleep journey. And I'm wondering like how, if that's my experience of just like the world of sleep, like these sort of mattress, you know, discount mat, like I just, it feels old school to me. Um, as you're like taking sleep tech and moving into sort of this new space or this world, do you have competitors and, and who's really using it? Is it, has it gone beyond just the early adopters? Um, and how have you sort of like made that transition from the way that like the old school sort of mattress selling, uh, you know, the labor, I think of like labor day sales and just like very old school advertising and marketing. So how are we like, how are we innovating on that side? I wonder. Yeah, there's been a lot of changes in the last few years in, in the sleep category. I bet. We, we've been around for six years now. So we've seen the the evolution just, you know, even for us as a company where we were and how we were talking about ourselves five years ago when we launched our first product to where we are today. It has really, really evolved. We've learned a lot um, about ourselves mostly, like who we really are and how do we not get afraid about speaking from the heart about who we are, what we stand for, what we believe. But in all honesty, where the where the world was five years ago was probably not ready for these crazy concepts that we talk about right now. That's um, what you know, I was when thinking. We, yeah. yeah, the world wasn't there in terms of putting sensors in your bed and like using all these like a lot of our our customers talk about like or the Tesla beds and they're mm-hmm. sleeping in a computer and like these these concepts that five years ago, we're probably not going to be adopted by most people, even by early adopters. And so it has evolved. And one of the things that we've seen is that there is definitely more of a push towards embedding technology into every aspect of health, because Mm -hmm. especially now, right, 2020 has taught us like health is so important. And there is so much that technology can do to tell us about what is going on with our health at a very individual level. And so you see what Fitbit started many, many years ago, now evolve into what Amazon just announced a few Mm -hmm. days ago with their Halo. And so there's everything from the small companies to the big companies getting into the space of using sensors, using data using bigger hardware pieces like what we do at Eight Sleep to help people keep track of their health and to potentially alert them of any changes in their health. And then the 2.0 that we talk about is what we are doing and other companies um, are looking to do, which is using that data to proactively make changes either in the environment or in people's bodies, right? It'll just continue to happen. I think that is a trend yeah. that will probably not be accelerated because it is the future and we need to be willing to embrace the good things about technology. Um, And that is definitely a good thing. Yeah. And I like how positive you are about technology. I find like a lot of the baby boomer generation, especially when we're trying to sell them things um, are almost like a little bit anti-technology in the same way that I'm, I'm 32 and I'm a little bit like anti-TikTok. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. Um, So it's like, you know, we have these generational sort of ideas that like technology is not going to help. And I just, I appreciate the positive spin that you guys are bringing to technology because I too, um, love technology. My husband loves technology. He's also my business partner. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, I just really appreciate how I think people need to be educated. And, um, from a marketing standpoint, that's like a huge thing. You know, it's beyond just like convincing somebody that this is going to change their quality of life. They actually need to be educated on your product, what it does, how to use it. And then, and only then, do they get to understand the benefits of it? So yeah. the last thing I want to talk about though on that side is um, pricing stuff. So uh, I heard you say something and I just fully believe this. Um, people buy it for the benefits, not the price. Um, and I think that that is a trend that is definitely new, um, especially like across the board. Like we even see in fair trade now, people are wanting to spend more money. Like conscious consumerism, in my opinion, from what I see is real. Like people care where their money's going, how they're spending it, how they're investing it. Um, there's like this new sort of, I don't know, energy around spending and what people are investing in. Have you seen uh, like an uptick since COVID, since no one's traveling and everyone's like, I'm guessing it's probably been good for business. Is that true? Yeah, it's been ups and downs. So it's been a different trend that what we have seen from the previous years. So it it's almost like the um, purchasing behavior has changed yes. slightly. 
uh, because you know people are not following a regular life and their year is not looking like a regular year. Um, but the business has been doing really well. And yes, it's mainly because there is an increased awareness into health and sleep yeah. is such a critical part of health. Um, so that's a, a part that is really um, to our advantage. We are a more premium product at the moment. Um, we do dream of the moment when we can be a mass consumer product and we can have uh, lower priced uh, versions of our technology. We would love for everyone to have access to what we're doing. That is certainly a dream. Yeah. Um, but right now we're a bit more exclusive, right? We need to go for a smaller group of people. We only have a, a, a big enough marketing budget to compete with many other people in the category. So we need to be mindful there. So we're a bit more expensive, which means that um, fortunately our customers are not as affected in these tough times. Right. Um, but it's right, something right, like right. this year opened our eyes to think like, well, there's so many people that can use our technology, right? And, and what's kind of our roadmap to get to the point where it could be available to many more people than just like the select few that can afford it right now. Right. I also don't really feel like um, it's that expensive. Sorry, my phone is ringing um, on a, my iPad. I turned everything off, but my iPad, it's totally ridiculous. Too, many, too much technology. <laughs> too much technology. Thank you, technology. Um, anyway, so what was I saying? Oh, the price point. I actually don't feel like it's crazy high, um, especially because I saw that you have financing options. And so you don't have to like pay all up front. Um, a nice mattress, like without technology and like heating and cooling and all of this stuff is like, my friends just spent like seven grand or eight grand. Yes, yes. No, um, you're right. In terms of traditional companies, there's definitely higher price points. I think one of the changes that has happened, and I was referring to these kind of changes in the sleep industry, is that there have been this uptick in all these companies selling direct consumer, or like what we call dumb mattresses, right? Um, and they're cheap. Like you can yeah, buy the one ones that like come in the hundred dollars, like yeah. unroll. Yeah. And I think it's just people I find anyway, like I saw your prices, I looked at your site and I was like, oh, this just tells me it's like a really good product and it's a good, but it doesn't seem like too over the top, you know, like even Peloton yeah. or looking at some of these other like fitness meets technology things. I actually really appreciate how affordable it is. Um, you know, right now you can get a Peloton delivered and it's $66 a month or something like that with like exactly. 0%. Um, and to have like your quality of sleep just enhanced in that way. Um, I just think, you know, what we spent $2,500 on compared to like, it's so funny because we spend so much time in our bed. We spend so much time, um, sleeping and yet yeah. we would rather spend, you know, you spend 2,500 on a vacation or, you know, anything exactly. for the month. Um, and to enhance the quality of your sleep, I just think that the pricing seems really competitive to me and really fair. Um, especially because you have pricing options available. It's the same thing as getting a car. Um, yeah. But it is a little generational. And you were talking about that sort of generational gap of people who like technology or who are willing to adopt it. Um, I, I, I do see like the lately older generations are used to buying, mattress buying was very different for them. And so they're used to spending more right. money on those mattresses and like doing all the financing options and you know investing in it. But also they were keeping their mattresses for longer. So they would really keep it for eight to 10 years or sometimes even more. Instead, the younger generation are now used to buying online where there's like a ton of alternatives right. and a lot of options and they're cheap, but they're also doing with the mentality that they can get rid of it in a couple of years, or maybe they're moving in a year and so it's fine, they'll buy a new one. So this is kind of like disposable approach to your bed. Um, and that's definitely not who we are. Um, mm -hmm. But our our audience is also not the like baby boomers right. yet. Right. And so we see that success in like the the... the person who's responding to our message is usually someone who is very aware of the importance of their sleep because they are already taking care of other aspects of their health. Right. And so they know just like what you're uh, talking about of it's important to invest in your sleep. I'm spending all this money on all these other things, right? Why? Because they're probably already spending on their Peloton paying $56 a month and they're spending on a gym membership and they're spending on right. a coach or like they have all these other health expenditures. So supplements, oh my gosh. To like, yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's really amazing what you guys have done. And I want to talk more about your um, entrepreneurial journey because I, 
um, I too had a sort of self-made dad who was really inspiring um, on the business side of things. So it just seemed like really normal for me to go into this world of, I never said I want to be an entrepreneur, but it just business and hard work and ethic and all of that stuff, I think just came really naturally to me and set me up for success. But there's so much of the journey that I had, was not prepared for. Um, it's so lonely at times. Like it's just, it can seem very glamorous from the outside and looking at you on Instagram and looking at your articles and all these accolades. Um, it just feel, you feel so confident and so put together. I'm like, okay, what is her secret? (laughs) First, first tell me like maybe the biggest surprise on the challenging side. So like what has broken your flow or been like a bigger hurdle that you weren't expecting. And then on the flip side, I want to know, um, you know, your, any daily rituals on the business side from like organizing spreadsheets to like self-care practices and how you can just show up in such sort of like an elegant introspective it's, it's inspiring to see. And I want to dive into that. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, What has surprised me the most um, what has broken my flow? I think it's a really good question. I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Um, and I, I think that the most challenging part and what was, I was not expecting is this, this feeling that at, at times and most times, uh, you're really your worst enemy. Um, you kind of hear this phrase all the time, right? But, um, when, when you're looking from the outside at someone who's successful, um, especially when you're younger, you just think, oh, they just like worked really hard and they're really smart and they went to a great school and they got all the right jobs and like, look at them now. Right. But you don't realize how many real like internal demons you need to battle every single day, uh, that may be holding you back. And it goes from anything from like the imposter syndrome to, um, how you may have certain beliefs about what you're good at and what you're not good at that may happen, uh, created over many, many years and, and many experiences and how that may hold you back. And, you know, just like you're challenging yourself all the time. And the only person that can truly uh, break the barriers is yourself. Like there's no one else that's going to help you do it. And, and you, it is important that you surround yourself with a great business partners and, and people in your team and mentors and, you know, friends. But at the end of the day, it's such an individual work that I was honestly not expecting it. I started with the company when I was 24 or 25. So it was like, I was young and I think I was naive to think like, yeah, I just need to work hard. And, you know, I've always been good in school. So like, I'm going to figure this out. And instead it's such an emotional journey and it is a journey much more towards the inside than it is on the outside. I I just appreciate you saying that so much because I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that always the biggest thing standing in, in our way is ourselves. And that's a blessing and a curse because a, it means we have control over it, right? We can actually like do that work and get to the next level all on our own. Um, but also on the downside, it's us that's standing in the way and you know yourself. And so sometimes you trick yourself, right? Like, Oh my gosh. It might, you know, it's you, but mindset, you know know how to trick yourself all the time, all the time, all the time. It's super hard. It's so hard. And I, and I think we do internalize so much. And I just appreciate you saying that about like the internal demons, because um, I talk about this a lot. And like what I do, you know, people come to me because they want to like grow their business or create a marketing strategy or whatever. And so much of it ends up being like resistance coaching where I need to help people get out of their own way because you can have like this killer strategy or this amazing product. But if you aren't able to show up and sell it and talk about it and share about it and post about it. And, and that's why I was asking you because um, you've got, you're very grounding in how you speak and confident and quick. And I know that there has to be a lot of self work happening. So what I see now, (laughs) when I see somebody like appear showing up on the outside, how you do, I'm like, they're doing a lot on the inside. It's sort of changed from like, Oh, they must've gone to a good school and worked really hard and da 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 to like, I, I want to know her self care practices because (laughs) she's doing something right, you know, and that's sort of how it's changed for me. But I, I don't know if that's because I am an entrepreneur myself. Um, so I know what goes into having to get up every day and do this work. Um, 
and like be with ourselves. For me, I always say it's been the most spiritual experience is my entrepreneurial journey. And yeah. So, um, on the self-care side or like the mental health side, um, do you have like rituals or things that you've implemented that have helped you sort of cope with these demons and, and move past them? In all honesty, I don't think that I'm great at that yet. That is, again, something I'm thinking about recently because it it was my birthday like a month ago or a few weeks ago. And so I always kind of take that moment when I'm like turning another year and to think like, where am I happy with myself and where I'm not? And um, I I think I have a lot of self-care rituals, but I'm not sure I have a lot of moments to really like confront myself Mm. in the areas where I want to grow. And I think they're very different. I think we think about um, self-care in terms of how do I stay active and healthy and sleep well. I certainly sleep my eight to nine hours every single night. Um, how do I make sure I'm spending time with friends and with nature and with my husband, right? I think they're probably a nine out of 10. Um, but I have made so much time for all of those things that I think I've forgotten to do the self-care in terms of like that internal, like, I love that word, like resistance. Like how am I looking at myself and like the barriers I'm putting for myself? And I think it's, it's hard to do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm finding has been helpful is first to make time for it, which is really hard as an entrepreneur. You always want to be working. You always want to be moving your business forward. Uh, you want to be networking. You want to do, be doing things that are moving your business to the next level. And I think understanding that that baseline work that you do in yourself is actually so much more impactful for your business. So you need to make time for it. And that means you need to take some either words vacations or whether it's like Sundays off or whether it's the nights off, like some, at some time you need to find it. Um, and then the second thing for me is also identifying how do I make the best thinking? Uh, what type of thinker am I and which situations put me in a position to really think about myself, not about my business. Is it when I'm with someone? Is it when I'm chatting with my husband? Is it when I'm in nature? Is it when I'm exercising? And then um, doing those things when I'm in the time that I have allotted for myself. And what I have found is away from my phone is the best. So I'm not the type of person, unfortunately, that can do the self-work by reading or by chatting with someone. I need to just be outside nature or doing some like you know, playing tennis, which I've really gotten into lately. Um, and it gets into this kind of flow. And I just, all I'm thinking about is myself and, and where am I growing and where am I going and how do I feel? Um, that has become kind of my self-care practice. And I'm always reassessing it. It's just changing as you grow and as your life changes as well. You know, when you're married, potentially when you have kids, it'll change. Um, but it, it is interesting how it's also different for everyone. And I certainly see that even the difference between my husband and I and oh, yeah. you know, communicating and saying, Hey, you're different. You may be able to do this type of work in this way, but I need my space in this other way. That's important too. Yeah. Well, I think that's a perfect bridge um, into talking about working with your husband because I never get to have these conversations or very rarely. Um, But the last thing I wanted to say about that is I do that as well. And I think that, um, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people in COVID. My husband and I always spend a lot of time together pre-COVID. We've traveled a lot. We've gone sailing. We have a business together, but a lot of people are for the first time, like even my parents haven't spent this much time together in like 30 years. And when you're alone, like you were just talking about and actually getting to think about where am I growing? How am I thinking? How am I feeling? Like that voice that everybody has, and you know what I'm talking about, it takes, you can only like talk to her when you're alone. And what I'm finding is like, it takes me a while to drop in. So like you were saying in that flow, like I swim, I do laps and it takes me like 20 minutes of laps to just like work so much shit out before I can like be quiet with her. And she's so cool and like so smart. And I want (laughs) to hang out with her all the time, but we just like, we constantly distract ourselves from being yes. alone with that voice and alone with that intuition. And, and I think you're right. And I faced some serious burnout, which I've talked about a lot on this podcast and had to restructure. And I think, you know, we evolve as entrepreneurs and our businesses sort of evolve with us and it's a beautiful energy and it's a beautiful thing. And I just had a, I hit such a wall. Um, and I realized 
because I, I had no choice, but to basically like be quiet and spend that time in the bath or swimming and just really, really holding space for myself that the best business decisions came from that. And like, I set yeah. really clear boundaries with you. Like the more you can do whatever, like you said, it's different for everyone. For my husband, it's golfing right now, which is totally crazy. I never, you had told me a year ago, COVID's, COVID's changed a lot of people. Um, but I love that for him because it also means for me, he's gone for like four hours. Yes. Whereas like, if it was just <laughs> like going for a surf or a bike ride, it's only like an hour, but being gone for that long, it allows me to like really drop in and like get into the flow. Cause with my busy mind, it's it's just not super easy to do that. So yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, it's just such a, such a funny, such a funny thing. This, um, the internal self-talk yep. that, that we yeah. all have. And, um, there is a positive voice in there. If we get quiet, if we get quiet, oh, yeah. enough. exactly. It's about getting quiet. And I love that what you talk about with the, with the swimming, cause I, this summer, uh, I, I did a little bit of it and I, I hadn't, swim in so long like real swimming right like you get on the pool and like that's it and I found that it was actually the same for me it was like it was getting me in this flow um and it was it was so refreshing to not have the phone like you can't have the phone right and so then you have to do what you're there to do and you get just alone with your mind um and yeah, getting the, the flow state is so important not just for when you're trying to solve a problem but also when you're trying to just find that voice yeah. It's so beautiful. Um, so speaking of working with our husbands, um, were you guys together when you started the company? We were, been you were for like 10 years, together now, for 10 so. years. So, okay. So we were too. So our company is, uh, almost four years old. So we're just behind you guys and, um, it's been totally insane and he's not here. He has an office now. So we've definitely okay. made some serious changes to our situation, but I'd love to hear, um, what that's like for you and any advice that you have maybe for somebody maybe working with their husband a, but also that spending a lot more time than they're used to. Um, with COVID I'm getting that question a lot lately is you guys are so used to spending time together. Like how do you do it? Um, and then how you sort of create that work-life balance, if you don't mind sharing, uh, I think yeah. that would be really good to hear. Of course. Yeah. I'll start with the spending a lot of time together because yeah. I, even for us that we were used to spending a lot of time together, uh, we were still going to an office. And so there were those hours where he was spending in his space and I was in my space. And we maybe had like one, two meetings together in the week. Um, right. But the rest of the time we we're working with different people. And so it was still like that time apart. And then you come back home. Um, so what really changed for us, um, with COVID is that we're in New York city and we're like in a small one bedroom apartment. So I'm working from my bedroom, from our bedroom and he's out there in the living room. Um, and so you're also like in tighter quarters and maybe people who are in bigger spaces. So you're kind of like in your face all the time. And, um, I think it, it was really interesting to hear other friends, like you were mentioning your parents, right. And people who are not used to spending a lot of time together and how they need to adjust, um, for us, the time together just kind of surfaced what are the things where we are in sync and the things where we aren't yet. And so communication became even more important than ever, which we all talk about like how fundamental that is for any relationship. But when you're spending so much time with one, with one another, um, you can never communicate too little. Like you just need to go over the top and from, you know, how, how are you feeling? Even, even stressful times, right? Like being able to talk about how are you feeling? Like what are what are you thinking about these times in the world? And like, do you feel uncertainty? Do you feel anxious uh, to what do you want to eat? And what time do you want to eat, right? When you find yourselves in one home mm -hmm. and suddenly you're having to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner together, um, the schedules need to match if you want to do it together. Uh, or maybe you don't. And how do you talk about that, right? Like it's right. everything is about communication. I think we've always been good at it, but this forced us to be even better and to also open up about so many more anxieties and concerns and um, thinking a lot about the future as well and rethinking what we were expecting of the present and the future. Right. So it was a good kind of therapy moment uh, that forced us and potentially so many other couples um, as they're together to talk more deeply about things that maybe we wouldn't have faced so early in life. 
Yeah, I, I find that as well. I actually feel really lucky um, that I feel a lot closer with my husband since COVID. Like, I just feel like we're like in this together and we're like on this little island and um, it's been really, really nice for us. And he's quite quiet. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me is like my needs. One of my friends uh, said this to me a long time ago and he's like, your needs are loud. Um, mm. So I think for me, like I could just tell this morning, like we have this plan that we're, we're working on and he's not like into it. And instead of, I think in COVID, it's like this fight or flight is like, how do I take care of myself? How do I not go crazy? Like I, 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 I. Um, and when you're in partnership, like you just said, like, what time do you want to eat? What time mm -hmm. do you, like having that compassion that there's like somebody else in the space that like might have needs different than yours um, has been really really good, but I feel really lucky that our flow seems to have, we've come more in sync and our communication's just gotten stronger. And I like what you said, like, there's no such thing as, what did you just say? Like two, uh, two you know, oh, yeah, when it comes yeah. to communication. <laughs> yeah. And, um, we're both, we're both air signs. And so we're, we're very different. I'm into astrology. We're very different, but because we both are air signs, communication comes a lot more naturally to us. And I can see in couples that I know and that communication is not their strong suit, how much more they've been struggling, um, especially during COVID, even though they're like, they seem super compatible and all of this stuff. Um, I also think the business really does tie us together in, in such a different way because we're like in it together. It's like, yeah. even if we're having a fight or we disagree on a strategy, which we do all the time, um, it's like, we are really truly on the same team in a, in a totally different way. Um, have you found that working together that it strengthens your relationship? Oh yeah. yeah. For us. Yes. But I do tell people who, um, think about starting something with their partners. Like it, it is not for everyone. I do mm -hmm. think that there are all different types of couples because like you said, right, it's made of two individuals and, and their match is, is different every single time. Um, and so it's not for everyone. I think for us, it has been great in, in how we are able to, um, just be that same feeling that you described. It's like we're on the same team. Like we're, we really have created the sense of we're, we're doing this together. We're all in, there's no plan B like this, mm -hmm. this is, this is what it is. And we, we have the same ambitions and we have the same drive. And so that's what works. But I think just like if you were considering doing something with a friend, like you'd probably have deep conversations about it. But sometimes I think people who get into business with their partners or with family members don't just because they assume that they have that connection already because they're like somehow related or they are married. Totally. But not like you need to have those same conversations like you would do with a friend about what are you expecting? What do you want? How do we divide the work? Um, how do we make sure that we respect one another? What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? How are we going to help each other to grow and evolve? But the same thing that I was talking about um, for for yourself of that, like the demons and the individual work applies to any sort of business relationship, and especially when you have like that marital relationship connected to business, like you know each other so well. In our case, like we know each other so well, probably at this point in life better than maybe our moms do, um, that it is this... Um, it's an asset, but it could also be a liability, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so you need to make sure that you're both coming from that same point of like respect and admiration and understanding and that you're both still in sync of where you want to go so that it's an asset and not that like you're using because you know each other weaknesses so well that you don't turn around and kind of use that against each other. And so it is a very like interesting dynamic. And you need to have a solid foundation of that communication, that transparency, that alignment, so that you don't become each other's worst enemy, just like totally. you could do with yourself. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. You know, when you're in partnership, marriage, whatever it is, it's like truly a mirror. Um, and so same thing, like not making, not letting that get in the way and the same thing you wouldn't let yourself get in the way of what you're doing. I mean, it's a beautiful dance. I'm grateful to be like on that team of somebody that works with my partner and enjoys it. Um, we're also just so different that I couldn't do it without him. 
So it's like really helped me because things that drive me crazy sort of about him maybe in our marriage are like why our business works. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's like the same for us. It's the same. Yes. Yeah. So it's just such a beautiful journey. And I like meeting people who are also on it because so oftentimes I'm get I'm like, people are like, how do you do it? I could never work with my partner. And just like so much projection comes our way. Um, yes. When in fact, I like couldn't really imagine it any other way. I think for us, we're both quite young, like you guys. And I foresee like many entrepreneurial ventures and, you know, potentially splitting off doing different things, coming back together, but just having that foundation that we know we can work and build and create and find success in a business together is really exciting. And yeah. Um, yeah, this has been a really cool conversation. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Um, and just following, I'm going to continue to follow your journey. You definitely, it makes sense to me. And as my listeners know, I always look for in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, this person is so successful. Like why, um, and how, and what about it, you know, makes this work and makes this tick. And to me, it always comes back down to like intention and authenticity. And, um, what I really enjoyed about learning about you and, and listening to all of this is like, you were a good sleeper. Like you weren't even really thinking about sleep five years ago. And now just hearing you talk about it, um, you can come so far, like you can evolve so much if you really focus. And I think that's where that idea of like hard work and ethic and dedication and all of those like, uh, still very important aspects yep. of successful business come into play, but that intention and that like authentic connection to it, because you, you had a partner who was experiencing the pain points and like, how do we solve this and create a positive experience for people around sleep? Um, and it's inspiring from an entrepreneurial standpoint that you can get so like, just dive straight into this industry. And now five years later, look how far, uh, you can go. And I think the same thing goes for me you know, I consider myself a marketing expert. I didn't go to school for marketing. Um, I didn't ever expect to be in the world in this industry that I'm in. And like every experience, every job I've had has just like led me perfectly here. It's been such a beautiful journey. And my last question is, um, well, two parts, if you want to answer both, like one, what is your prayer or hope for your future users? Um, and the future sort of, of the sleep industry and two, um, a piece of advice or hope or prayer for entrepreneurs in general who are just starting out and, you know, now looking back, like over the last five years, all this money you've raised, um, featured in all these articles, but then five years ago, if there's something maybe you could tell yourself then, um, yeah. Yeah. So the, um, on the first note of what we hope for, for our users and people who use our product, um, in general, we just wish that everyone could get a great night's sleep every single night. That's honestly what we're obsessed with. So um, that would be the dream. Like I would love to just be able to talk to people and they say, yeah, I use eight sleep products and I'm sleeping great. And that that's the ultimate dream, especially when you build like a consumer product is that people use it, people love it, and it's making a difference in their lives. That's yeah. our fire. There's always like, a million things are going wrong in a business, especially in a startup that is growing fast. But when we read those messages from our users about how much they love it and how much it has helped them, that's, that's all it. that matters. Yeah. So I love I love that. And you guys important. can't see her, but I can see her and just she like lit up, had the biggest smile on her face. <laughs> and that's that's the thing. I think like you really care. And I've gotten that from past interviews listening to you and just from reading about you and now this conversation, like you really care. Like this is so your passion. You make other people want to care about sleep. And so you're a good face uh for the brand. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I am a good sleeper too. So great. Um, so anyway, then the last question is for any entrepreneurs that might just be starting out or um, getting excited about a new venture that might seem like a very saturated industry or overwhelming or a steep curve, like what advice you would give them? I would say that anything that you start is going to be hard. So you might as well try to build something that is very ambitious and very impactful, honestly, like Yes, it needs to fit your passions. It needs to fit what type of impact you want to have in the world, but uh, do it do it big. And I think not just big in terms of you know money and success, but like big in terms of impact. 
um, because that is kind of what we need right now is that sort of entrepreneurship. It's high impact entrepreneurship. Um, let's solve the big problems. Let's solve the issues of climate change and the fires and let's solve issues with privacy and let's solve issues with the unbanked and immigration and politics, like whatever that is you're not content with in the world, there is a way to solve it through a new venture. And I would love to see more people get into those big, hard problems. I think that is such cool advice. I really do. Um, that's so refreshing to hear too. Like whatever is not working for you, um, there's an area there um, and a problem to be solved. And I think that, yeah. I think we tend to overcomplicate things and it can be as simple as that. And I love the idea of just being ambitious and taking big risks and it's really the only way. And it's so rewarding. And even if the big risk doesn't work out, I've always found that like, I'm just so glad I did. And I've learned so much, you know, I learn more from the mistakes. I learn more from the fallouts. I learn more from the lost contracts and uh, money stuff and all of yep. that um, than from, you know, constantly having satisfied, happy customers. Oh, yeah. Loving yeah. what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I got my first hate email a couple of weeks ago after I dropped an email about sales and selling and how important it is and how it's part of your purpose. And man, I ruffled some feathers and I was so excited. Wow. I was so excited. I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm talking about something that like ruffled somebody enough to like go out of their way, send me an email. I'm like, this is great. Um, yeah. I'm taking big risks. And that is risks. usually what happens when you're taking big risks and when you're working on something that's higher impact and when you're um, trying to uh, change something that you don't like about the world, you are going to ruffle those feathers. And that is actually a great mark of you making some progress. And so um, it's, it's bound to happen. And it's, it's a great note when you see people kind of you know, contradict you and um, challenge you as well. Because then that's the beauty of it. It's like you kind of want to be challenged. You want to see what totally. other people are thinking and why they think it's crazy. Um, everything that ever made a difference started that way. I think that's so beautiful. It's been so refreshing to talk to you. I just really appreciate this conversation. Um, it's eightsleep.com, uh, E-I-G-H-T, um, not the number. And how else, are there any other ways you can find you? Any other calls to actions aside from learning more about yeah, your we're products? active on Twitter, Instagram, at eightsleep. So find us there, tweet at us. We're always happy to hear about people, whether you have our products or not, whether you're looking for an actress or not. We're all about sleep fitness. So let us know what you think about that. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I'd love to keep in touch with you, follow along with your journey. And um, yeah, I just think that you're, you're really inspiring and I'm grateful for your presence today on, on the thank show. You. Thank yeah. you. for having me. Yeah. And to all my listeners, thank you for being here. Um, as always, I wouldn't be here without you. And I'm every week, just so grateful that you allow me to do this and have these conversations. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And until next time, keep growing. 